video, but he, he looks like you, just skinny now. He has a long red beard. He's bald. And uh, now he's on a roller coaster. You know, just when I think I can't hate you anymore, they just have to squeeze a little bit more out. It looks like Gus looking. It looks like Dave. <laughs> it looks like Dave. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff. I'm Scott McDaly. Of course, I'm here with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com, GetAzoth.com, and now we have our new affiliate, Supplement Needs. We have links and codes down below. Dave Crossland, uh, today we are going to we're going to go ahead and hold off on listener questions because we have a bunch of drugs in the news. Plus, we uh, we're going to discuss some phlebotomy and we have our new segment. I don't know what we should call it yet. I think I'm sticking with uh, learn to speak English with Dave. I think that's uh, we've gotten it. We've gotten a lot of feedback on that one uh, to start us out, though. We have drugs in the news. Um, so we have a fake covid medication in india this is the big story that i have for you today these uh gentlemen here in the masks i'll put this picture up these gentlemen uh are covid masks they're covid masks or are they gangster masks uh, they are covid masks they uh are i guess they were caught in india um selling uh what would appear to be a fake covid medication now, from what I understand, there is a drug produced in Switzerland by Rausch Pharma. Uh, it is called Tocilizumb. Tocilizumb is the actual drug name. Uh, now, this stuff is supposedly beneficial, potentially for COVID. There's a huge black market for it. Guess what they were making here, Dave? Guess what they were using in its place? Testosterone, steroids. <laughs> they were By the way, on the subject of masks, just completely off topic, but it just reminded me because I like adding little antidotal quirks into our talks. There was a bank in the UK that put a poster on their door, yeah? And there was a picture of a cartoon head with a mask on. Yeah. And underneath it said, acceptable. And then next to it was a picture of her face wearing a balaclava. And it said, unacceptable. I just thought that was brilliant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Where's the line there? You know. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Sorry, it just popped into my head like he does this random shit. Yes. So uh, here's here's the situation. Tocilizum. Uh, this was actually they said uh, potentially. Now they still have to do uh, more digging here, more uh, breakdown. But they believe that this was synthesized steroids. Uh, even as a drug control uh, stopped a dangerous duplicate of a COVID. Uh, tocilizum from taking root in the Indian market, there is a shortage of this drug. Uh, they has, Officials believe that the suspicious drug was a mixture of synthesized testosterone mainly abused by certain gym goers to increase muscle mass. Certain gym goers. Certain guys like you, Dave, basically, is and what them, they're getting them, at. Them, them dodgy blokes that, that do that <laughs> gym. Is that, is that right? Is them, them dodgy blokes. Yes. Certain gym um, goers. Them bad people that go to gym. A certain type. Yeah. Is is this isn't this the article where they, they're talking about it being fatal? What's that a different one? Oh, okay. Well here's the deal. So here's what they're charging them with, and this is where it gets kinda interesting. Uh accused in, in this case, let's see. The accused have been booked under IPC section three oh eight, attempt to murder. 
406, criminal breach of trust. 276, sale of a drug as a different drug and mm-hmm. under 120B for criminal conspiracy. They were also booked under several uh, various sections of the Drugs and Cosmetic Acts, including 18A, disclosing uh, name of manufacturer, 18C, sales of drugs without license, and 27A, uh, sale of suspicious products. I like that one. Sale of suspicious products. What's this murder? What's going on here? When we first talked about this off air, because we have a quick chat before we go on about what we're going to do, I really found the murder thing like, what the hell are they getting murder from? Yeah. But... Just then, it just dawned on me. Could they possibly approach it from the realms that here's a medication that's potentially going to save somebody's life, particularly the vulnerable? Yeah. So if somebody's taking this fake medication in order to protect themselves or cure themselves when they are a vulnerable person, so they've got other health problems and therefore at risk from the virus. Right. Uh, could you then argue that that would possibly account to a form of manslaughter or murder? That's what I was wondering, too. You know, if I said to you, if you had a, a fatal condition and I said, well, look, this medication will stop you from dying, so I give you this medication, but it's not. Right. I might therefore then, well, I am endangering your life, aren't I? Because yeah. you're taking a medication thinking it's going to save you when, in fact, you're putting yourself at risk. Yeah. So, Especially if, like, if I didn't need that. It wasn't like, well, yeah. this might help you, but... Like say like you were like, hey, your blood pressure is really high uh, or, you know, you know, what, what's that thing like Pulp Fiction? Remember Pulp Fiction where they took that, like, that adrenaline shot? Mm-hmm. And what if Dave Crossland passes me an adrenaline shot and it's actually just tap water? Well, what if if I pass you insulin because you're diabetic and it's actually glucose solution? There, there you go. There you go. So in that sense, I could see where they could say an indebted. I think murder's probably pushing it a bit, but definitely an endangerment of life or corporate manslaughter or manslaughter via neglect, or something along that sort of rounds, but I find murder a bit of a push. Well, I mean, they can't, I don't think they can be saying that the testosterone could result in murdering somebody, really. Tell you what, I know one thing for sure. I do not want to be charged with murder in Mumbai, India. I don't know about no. you. <laughs> I, bet, I, bet, I bet the sentences are not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I want to do time in Mumbai, India for anything. Like, no. Not even like no. federal time. You know. No. Have you have you seen the videos of the police battering them with sticks because they're on the streets when it was supposed to be locked down? I have. And then from what I understood, too, those guys were then in contact. So they were becoming contaminated by uh, through their sticks that they were beating them with. That's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not a. I'm glad we're. I'm glad I'm not there. I'm grateful today. You know, shout out to everybody who is in India, withstanding that. I know we do have some Indian followers, and you know, interestingly, uh, bodybuilding and fitness is becoming more and more popular over there. It's huge. Well, one of these guys, it says, was was part of that. It says, uh, where where is this now? I think I have to scroll way down. Okay, what do they say here? It says, uh, uh, black market. Here it is. Um, packets. Da 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 da. They were saying that one of these guys was part of the fitness industry and that they were possibly looking to maybe just like make a quick buck by relabeling these drugs. But one of them was part of the fitness industry. He was a trainer. Another one owned what they called a, a chemist shop. And they have quotes around that, mainly selling like supplement shop. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly selling consumable fitness products. 
they probably were selling that stuff there. I don't know what the law is on in India, but I feel like you could probably buy some test there. A little DECA maybe. Um, I, don't, I know Body Power India is hugely popular. And I know Emma James, the powerlifter who's president of the BPU, she couldn't rave enough about how good the Indian guys were at setting up the shows and pulling the shows back down and prepping everything for the powerlifting events and stuff there. Um, I know, yeah, bodybuilding is growing massively in India. It's very, very popular. Okay. Now, Apparently, there's a, there's a lot of concern around high gear use over there as well. Oh, okay. Well, there, there's money to be made here. Well, yeah, You did the conversion. It says, um, so this stuff, uh, Tocilizum, uh, which is strictly sold under a doctor's prescription for around uh, RS40,000 is an injection uh, was le- illegally being sold for up to RS1LAKH. What did you say that came out to? The 40,000 in rupees, let me just double check, came out at 420 pounds. That's an expensive shot of DECA right there, testosterone. That fucking is an expensive shot of DECA. Hmm. Um, Yeah, the Indian rupee is worth 11 pence. So you're looking at, well, see what it is in dollars. Um, But I think you're going to be looking at around $500 a shot. Hmm. So not a cheap shit at that. Huh. The wheels are turning here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see how, how much you can get out of your stash in the box under this, the stairs. Is that what kidding, you're thinking? Kidding, guys. All right. Let's uh let's go to our next topic, Dave, because uh we have a bust that took place in El Paso, Texas. Uh, I, I think it's called like the Bridge to the Americas or something. That's the the border from El Paso to Juarez, which when I was younger I lived in New Mexico, Santa Fe. I would drive down to Juarez to go across the border and just kind of check it out. I'd go into the bars and stuff and take photographs. I was in photography, street photography, you know, stuff like that. That was a dark place then, man. I've heard it's gotten worse because that was like early 2000s. But I know that everywhere you went, the minute you stopped over the border, there were pharmacies everywhere. And you would see like Zoloft, Paxil, Prozac, 50% off, Viagra, all of this. So here's the situation. Uh, this young man, this gentleman, came across the border with this package. Uh, a bunch of it was like just taped to his his torso. Uh, the story says, uh, let's see, what is it here? CBP officers at the Bridge to the Americas stop large smuggling, steroid smuggling attempt. Uh, large? Yeah, well... I'm intrigued to see what large equates to. Supplement included 2,256 pills and 290 milliliters of li- in liquid vials. So 29 vials. And roughly 200-ish, 200, sorry, 20-ish or 22 tubs. That doesn't sound like quite as much, then, does it? <laughs> the orals you'd probably struggle to say were personal, but I reckon you could get away with the injectables. Well, yeah, okay. So that's that was kind of where I wanted to go with this. I'll, I'll tell you a little more about the story first. It says, uh, The seizure was made shortly after 9 a.m. when a 29-year-old American citizen man arrived from Mexico 
driving a 2010 Ford F-150. The primary officer selected the vehicle for secondary inspection. During the secondary inspection, officers said that they discovered pill-filled bottles on the man's waistband. The man literally, uh, the man initially stated that the pills were vitamins. Inspection of his vehicle led to discovery of a compartment where more anabolic steroids were discovered according to CBP. Uh, and, and the amounts were as I already messaged, uh, mentioned to you. So uh, uh, this kid is screwed, first of all. And second of all, it sounds to me like they're trying to blow this up. I, I guess to the public's eye, when you say 200 or 2,256 pills, uh, if this were, say, a narcotic, then that would be, you know, somebody could yeah. get high that many times. That yeah. would be a lot, yeah. right? But in the case of a D ball, if this is a ten milligram D ball, that might that might be or a five. Yeah, it might even be a five. What do you what do you pay for for a bottle of test over there? I, I uh, well, I think at the pharmacy there may be a hundred dollars. Hang on, you've just broken up. We've got internet issues. I think it was the uh, we're getting tracked right now. Right. What what do you pay for a bottle of test over there? I believe at the pharmacy uh, for a Watson test, it's around $100, $120. All right. What about UGL? What's UGL cost for a bottle of test? I'm going to guess. I would never, I wouldn't know that type of thing, Dave, but I would guess 40 to 100 we'll say. 40 to $100 for a bottle of UGL? Yeah, we'll wow. say, I'm guessing. Maybe less. So... So he's he's got the equivalent of $3,000 worth of injectables. Okay. Which is not... I mean, at those prices, it's not huge. I didn't expect those the year to be that much for a bottle of UGL, really. I mean, I'm shocked. That's huge. Yeah, you I guys mean, are getting tough. <laughs> even, if, uh, even, if, uh, even if it were at that high end, I mean, realistically, it just... You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I bet this kid, he's 29 years old. He would have never done this otherwise. I imagine he's either operating on his own or just getting stuff for him and his buddies. It, it does sound to me like what we'd regard over here is what they call social dealing, where he's, he's gone over for a few mates. Okay. You, you know, so it's been like three or four of you said, well, I need this, I need it, right? Well, I'll go over and get it. You cover my fuel and I'll bring it back for everybody. It does sound a bit like that. I mean, they're not big, big quantities at all. So how would that go down now? Because really this, sorry for him. You what? Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a little, I do feel a little bit sorry. Well, it's a little bit different for you guys, isn't it? Because obviously it's possessions illegal. Right. And so there's the whole element of importation of that level of drug. Schedule one, I think, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's whereas... It's not just a case of being caught with the drugs. You're importing them. You're bringing them into the country. Yeah. So generally that's regarded as pretty heavy shit in any country when you start looking at the importation of a cold-controlled drug. So if this were in the UK, would there be a chance that he could get away with personal use? Because if, if for argument's sake, the UK bordered in the same way America does. So there was a land border to a country where steroid purchasing was legal. Yeah. Um, 
we still in our law have, though you're not allowed to import postally, you are allowed to import upon your person. So you can still legally bring the drugs in. Could you bring that much in? There's no guideline. This is where it gets really messy. There's no guideline. And, and though, if those injectables, say those injectables were just test ends, Decker and Trent. So it was just three three different products, roughly 10 bottles of product. Then you could you could put together a very convincing argument that they were for personal use okay. without too much problem. You might struggle a little bit on the orals just because of the rate and level that orals are consumed. So, you know, you've got two thousand pills, even if they're five migs, yeah. you're going to struggle to justify that. Um, where I have seen it fly is when they've gone to thailand because thailand sell d-ball in 500 or thousands okay so you've no choice you've got to buy a thousand so so there's a scale of economics and and how it's sold there that comes into play but uh yeah the the importation bit wouldn't be an issue that would be fine uh the argument would be around just whether it was personal or not Uh, and i could see in most cases that being a border seas and f off and if you want it back, you'll have to come to court. Interesting. I do want to correct myself, um, just to be clear, because you had said uh, are they Schedule 1. Our schedule works a little bit different. Uh, steroids for us in the U.S., our schedule, it's considered a Schedule 3. Schedule 1 being the worst, and that would be like a drug that didn't have any other uses, like meth or heroin. And then yeah, you know, okay. Schedule 2 being like morphine, I believe. And so it's Schedule 3 down the line. They do, they do have medical uses. They are controlled, though. Uh, right, I, so it's a similar classification to what we have them over here. It's just it's still it's still criminal for you to technically possess them there, where it's not here. Okay, because I know Australia is Schedule One. I get a bit mixed up with them sometimes. Australia is it's classed as the same lines of heroin and cocaine. I was at um, so it, down there in El Paso. That's right at the border. Then just a little bit north, you hit New Mexico, because uh, El Paso kind of like cuts over a little bit. Texas mm-hmm. cuts over. Uh, 50 miles up from the border, there's another checkpoint. It's near White Sands, New Mexico. And because basically that's the pipeline up. There's the, I believe it's Highway 25. And that goes up to Albuquerque and then that disperses to everywhere in the United States. And I imagine from what I understand, that's where like a lot of the cartel, that's their like super highway to, you know, distribution to the Southwest. Uh, There is a checkpoint, uh, just like the border, 50 miles in. I remember I was there at like three o'clock in the morning one time, you know, very just kind of like surreal because it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm driving by myself and the officer is standing there talking to me. And I look, you didn't look suspicious at all at three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Oh, there was only me. There was the border officer. And then there was a couple more border officers behind him while he's speaking to me. I look over his shoulder I see a little subcompact car, like a little piece of crap. I don't even know what it was, uh, but it was, you know, rusted out and stuff. They had the wheels pulled off. They had jacks on it. And then I looked and they were literally heaving out big bundles of weed and tossing it into a pile. This pile of weed was as tall as the car, Dave. I just was like, holy crap. I was like, oh, my God, this looked nuts. Just oh, huge God. bundles, but then- man. You know, some of the most brazen are the ones that get away with it, are they? Some of the most obvious are the, the ones that get away with it. I know a story, it's it's a border story, not particularly drug-related. Right. Um, 
you probably won't be as familiar, but when World War II ended, Berlin was carved up into... Germany was carved up into East Germany and West Germany. So East Germany was under Russian control, was, was communist. Yes. And West Germany was, was obviously westernized. Uh, Berlin, as a capital, sat in Eastern Germany. Yeah, okay. So there was the Berlin Corridor, which was a patrolled, secure road that linked West Germany to West Berlin. Yeah. And obviously, through the center of Berlin, you had the Berlin Wall. So East Germans would often try and come over the wall or through the checkpoints to, to escape communism and get into West Berlin. Okay. And, and the checkpoints were your standard checkpoints with a barrier across. And for years, this is all it was. There was a guard, there were guards, there was gun turrets and everything else, but the actual physical barrier was just a red and white painted pole across the road that was lifted up, as you see in the war films, that sort of single pole job yeah, yeah. that was lifted up to let traffic through. So this guy decided to chop the roof off his car and drove underneath the fucking thing. You're kidding. Did it work? <laughs> yeah. And after that, they put these big drop-down bars underneath <laughs> all the barriers. What a smart guy. Yeah. Granted, he'd need a new car or have to hope it doesn't hey, rain in, in West Berlin it, or West it Germany. Was, it was very much in the way where, you know, you get Mexicans in poverty trying to come over the border to America to start a new life. It was the same drive. You know, wow. East Germany, heavily communist, very poor, very high unemployment. And, and they were trying to get to the West to, to start their lives again. Huh. All right. I have one more story here, Dave. And now this story has nothing to do with bodybuilding, but it does have to do with fat loss. And I wanted to bring this story on to inspire you specifically, Dave Crossland. So this is the story. Insinuating that I am fat, young man. Uh, I would never do that, but I will say that I know you've been working really hard to lose fat. Now, if you guys will see, there's a video playing right now. This is of the new Orion Kings Island roller coaster that uh, is taking place. And this gentleman here, uh, he lost 200 pounds. He's an Ohio man. He lost nearly 200 pounds to ride this new roller coaster. Uh, he had been a big fan of roller coasters. He had been turned away a number of times. He looks a lot like you, Dave. You haven't seen the video, but he, <laughs> he looks like you, just skinny now. He has a long red beard. He's bald. And uh, now he's on a roller coaster. You know, just when I think I can't hate you anymore, they just have to squeeze a little bit more out of it. It looks like Gus looking. It looks like Dave. It looks like Dave. Who's this skinny Dave Crossland? I hate you so much right now. It's like, it's like Dave's it's, American cousin. It's uh, even worse because I can't see it. So he's just you. <laughs> Oh, Dave, do you like roller coasters? He looks like he could be like your cousin. I could see you guys drinking beers together. Do you like roller coasters, Dave? I don't mind them, but because of the size I've been for so long, I actually do find them very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine that, man. I could imagine. A mass moving around on a fucking roller coaster when I'm on it. Oh, um, man. Yes, I'm. Uh, weight loss has been a bit shit this last week or two. I must admit, I've oh. not gone down much. I'll get there. You were. He says the first drop is amazing, and the speed and airtime—it's excellent. I'm at peace. I'm relaxed with riding roller coasters. To me, that's my happy place when I'm riding roller coasters. So he so, was two hundred or four hundred and thirty pounds. I was going to uh, say. He must 
400, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, was escort. He was escorted off of roller coasters all the time now. So what? Here's what he did. He said he reduced his diet to around 2,000 calories. He said I was exercising daily uh, within my garage while binge watching television shows. I would run in place. He said. Uh, Ten months and 190 pounds later, uh, he rode the Orion for the fifth time now. So he's he's down. He's, he's just getting back in line. It sounds like. Good lad. Well done. I've actually been refused a roller coaster. Have you really? Yeah, because the safety bars wouldn't close down over my chest. I bet you would make that thing go faster too. You know, extra, <laughs> get, some, get some inertia behind it. I actually did that in Tenerife. There's a water park in Tenerife. I can't remember what it's called. Anyone who's been to Tenerife will know this water park. It's very, very popular and famous. Okay. And I was banned off a ride because I made the, because you basically, you sit in inflatable tubes and go down water flutes and all sorts of things. And, yeah. Uh, and I was witness basically hurtling towards one of the staff uh, <laughs> Far, far, far faster than I should have been on this ride and everything else. And they banned me. They threw me off. It said I wasn't allowed on anymore. Oh, man. Well, listen, Dave, we have gotten comments, uh, people saying uh, congrats on, the, on the, the work you're doing and people saying that you're, you know, Dave's looking good. So keep up the work, man. I know you're getting ready to go on vacation. You know, do your best with it. We'll look forward to watching your progress as you go. We are going to go to commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about phlebotomy. And after that, then we have uh, learning English with Dave. So we'll be back in just a minute, guys. Hey, what's up, guys? I want to jump in with a quick commercial break, and then we will get back to our programming. So I wanted to say thank you to everybody who has been shopping with our sponsors and using our codes because that is legitimately how we've been able to continue doing our podcast. So thank you guys very much. It is legitimately, seriously, because of you that we are able to do this. I would love to keep talking more about that but then I will use up all of my ad time. So let's just say we have a, a semi-spoken about, unspoken agreement that I think you're awesome. So thank you. All right. So I'm going to talk about True Nutrition's EAAs today. TrueNutrition.com. They have a couple different products available. We talked about them on uh, the uh, Blood, Sweat, and Gear podcast this past week. So EAA, you know, basically essential amino acids, they don't need to be broken down. They go to your stomach. They go to your gut. They absorb straight through the wall into your bloodstream and go straight to the muscle, and then you get jacked. And that's what we want, right? So uh, they have a couple different options. They have their just pure instantized powder, and that is uh, 500 grams for about 25 bucks. So it's pretty cheap, maybe 26 You, you know, that's pretty cheap. It'll last you a long time. There is a caveat. EAA itself, raw EAA, does not taste good. That's what this is, just pure raw EAA powder. And that's why it hasn't been like highly marketed because companies want to put stuff out there that tastes absolutely amazing. So you can fix it up by using uh, like some Mio or some Crystal Light, some type of a flavoring to uh, add to that yourself. Now, they do have another product called EAA Plus. With this, this is about 30 bucks. You get 20 servings. It has 10 grams of EAA Plus. It has five grams of leucine so you are getting a pretty cool product and it's already pre-flavored so you don't have to think about it i haven't tried it because i'm cheap right but skip has skip loves the stuff and that's all he gets now so i go with the cheap option and i flavor it myself and uh you know it's and i'm good with that but i came back from the day where you just like protein powders they used to taste like flour they were just they were terrible they mixed like flour too so anyway, though, I, I think you can you can do justice with this. 
and uh, you know you can help to reach your goals while trying to you know basically be as economical in the process or they've got the higher end option you can go with EAA plus either way please use our code advices and once again that'll help to support everything we're doing that's truenutrition.com also i'm going to mention one more thing uh, total focus by our sponsor getazoth.com of course they have uh, azoth 2.0 which is a great nootropic blend and total focus is a blend of pure uh, zynamite along with rhodiola rosea and pure calf uh, green coffee bean extract so basically you get a little pop along with your zynamite uh, pure energy is just pure zynamite this has a little bit of a added boost to it to give you some zip along with uh, the zynamite which is a dopamine reuptake inhibitor and as i said in the last ad that dopamine reuptake inhibitor is what keeps that dopamine level higher and keeps you focused on achieving more. I feel like I'm a high dopamine person and that's why we have so many podcasts each week. <laughs> but listen, I can always I can always use a little more and so I've been using these products and maybe that's why we've had like seven shows per week. Maybe that should be a testament in itself. <laughs> if you guys want to try to, you know, get more out of life and and uh, experiment with some nootropics and definitely do me a favor Check out getazoth.com. We also have links in our uh, our show notes to the Amazon. Uh, check either of those places out. In both places, you can use our code ADVICES10. That's A-Z-O-T-H. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys. Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McDaly. And uh, up next, we're going to talk about some phlebotomy. We, we did actually get a question about it here on the live feed. We aren't going to take questions today. We will answer your question here, Corey. Uh, but, Dave, I know you wanted to... You wanted to get, let, let me ask you, get this thing started for us. Phlebotomy, uh, TRT, uh, PEDs, all of this. What's, where's this come into play? Well, not so much phlebotomy in its own right, but more, I mean, phlebotomy is the solution to the problem that we're seeing more and more and more. It has got to a point, see, drug taking culture's changed, and, and now it's actually quite rare to find someone that PCTs and takes time off. Yeah. Now, as we know, steroids increase red blood cells. They they thicken blood, they increase hematocrit and, and, and everything else, hemoglobin. And um, obviously, previous usage trends would be on cycle, off cycle. So when you're off cycle, your blood thinned back down again. Sure. We're not doing that now. Uh, and even people that run TRT levels at reasonably decent, sort of close to natural doses it's still sustaining the elevation in blood. So we're getting a compounding effect. So blood thickens a bit, stabilizes while you're on your TRT pause, and then thickens again, then stabilizes you. And I've just, just lately, and I don't know why it's, it seems to be more prevalent just lately, but I've had a catalog of people coming with bloods that have incredibly thick blood. Um, that, you know over 200 in hemoglobin and, and levels that would put them at immediate risk to strokes and stuff like that. What did, now, now, what does that mean? I know that, like, I think, like, 48% or something like that is our number, 48. No, we, we're seeing 52s okay. regular, which is a lot. When basically, at 60, they would hospitalize you and start immediate phlebotomy. Okay. But I, I'm getting very much because of the change in how we use drugs, because yeah. a lot of us now stay on permanently and because TRT trends are moving 
towards higher doses and generally now most users regard 200 mega week as TRT. We're getting to the point where monitoring your blood values and monitoring your red blood cell values are as important and as basic as monitoring estrogen. Uh, and it's something that now for most of us, if you're physically fit, your body will cope with the thickened blood to a degree. Yeah. But the main symptoms you sort of find are a buildup of lethargy, feeling a little bit run down. Uh, as it gets thicker, you'll actually find that you're out of breath. And a lot of people struggle to this because they think, well, red blood cells carry more oxygen, so wouldn't I have more oxygenated blood? The problem is when the blood gets thick, it can't pass through the lungs correctly. And as a result, it doesn't get fully oxygenated. So even though you've got more red blood cells moving around in your blood and more hemoglobin, you're not, they're not carrying oxygen at the full capacity because they can't pass through the fine, finer elements of the lungs and oxygenate correctly. And, so you'll and see it's moving slower to your brain. Yes, and you'll see that the blood will become darker. Yeah, okay. Um, blood pressure will increase. You'll find your sleep disrupted. You'll find your brain function will get a bit foggy. And we're not talking really off, just you won't feel as sharp. Um, so if anyone is sort of feeling a bit almost run down, you know, a little bit under the weather, but it's been continuous for quite some time, it would be worth getting your FBCs done. Now, your full blood count, I think it's about, even if you went private in the UK, it's probably about 35, 40 pounds. So there is no excuse to not get it done. It's not expensive. But most GPs will do it at least once or twice a year as part of course, as, as a, a, a health check. Um, but yeah, it seems to be an area that's becoming more and more prevalent and more and more problematic. Now, where the big issue is, and lockdown has, has really made this very apparent, is if you're running thick blood and you're physically fit and you're training hard, you'll probably cope with it quite well. But if you then become sedentary, your heart health will suffer very quickly. It's and a lot more heart... work. Yeah, but it's not just that. As soon as you stop the physical exercise, your heart conditioning, so the, the physical fitness of your heart muscle reduces very, very quickly. Mm. And because it's trying to push fixed slug around, it will soon start to struggle and it can lead to heart failure or arrhythmias and heart wall thickening and all these sort of things. So this is sort of being highlighted with lockdown because people haven't been training as they normally have. I know everybody's set off with good intentions of the home gyms and going out for walks every day. Six, eight weeks in, a lot of those people were sat in front of the TV eating pizzas, drinking beers and saying, fuck it, I'll just wait till the gym's open. Yeah. Um, and the problem is then that's where the thick blood can become very dangerous very, very quickly. Sure. Because as, as your heart health starts to recede, it's accelerated by the fact that you've got thick blood. And then all of a sudden, you are at risk of a stroke. You are at risk of a heart problem. Um, getting injured would be another way where mm. thick bloods could suddenly become very problematic, even though you were coping them very well. So it is something, as users, we need to really start to add into our health regimes and our check protocols that if we're going to blast screws or whatever you want to call it, or TRT and cycle, that that you do periodically just have a look at those blood values and make sure that stuff's not getting too thick. And if it is, it's an easy remedy. It's a very simple remedy. You need to donate. 
Now, th- there is an argument against this. Yeah, for yeah. for uh, the sake of um, you know looking at every angle, uh, no, right? <laughs> there's the argument that uh, it's it's not that you don't need to do it. That you know, pe- you you heard Danny Bossa on our show. He had said, uh, you know, people are at elevation; they have high hematocrit all the time, and that they're totally fine. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts here? Because I I can see that to an extent. I think that especially for guys on, on like gear gear, guys that are using super doses, you know, then then we start getting into more dangerous ranges. But how about just like a point or two high? Do you think that that's going to be necessarily very dangerous? No, but at the same time, you need to be wary of what you're doing and whether it's going to compound the problem. If you're a point or two high at the end of a cycle, then I wouldn't be screaming blue murder but if you're at point or two and you're just about to start a cycle or yeah. a comp prep cycle there you go then i'd be a little bit more you know what though i'm okay with that i need to make sure there's any worth with regards to high altitude situations you've got two things going on there the natives of those areas have a different makeup to how they cut their bodies cope with their blood yeah they're genetically different because they've been brought up in that environment really i didn't i've never heard that before yeah, the way their bodies cope with red blood cells, the production of the red blood cells and everything is is actually different to us. Hmm. We use altitude training to th- increase our bloods to a point, but there becomes a point of diminishing returns. Yeah, and there also, be- there also becomes a point of it's down to your cardiovascular fitness. So the stronger and fitter your heart is, hmm. the more you can cope with thick blood, which is why cyclists with EPO can run quite thick blood. Okay. But there are stories of some of the cyclists in the past that have literally had to get up and increase their heart rate because their blood's being that thick, their heart rate slows so much when they sleep, it actually becomes problematic and dangerous. Hmm. So it, it isn't that cyclists are all fine with EPO because cyclists aren't all fine with EPO and cyclists do have problems with thick blood. And their use of EPO does cause them health risks and health problems. But as a physical heart functionality in a cyclist, it's 10 times that of someone who's fucking in a gym throwing some weights around. Okay, yeah. You put your average meathead on a bike and tell him to do 300, 400 miles in a week, you'll kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you would, wouldn't you? Because he just wouldn't physically be able to cope with it. So, you know, you can't. I agree with what you're saying, but you you can't use examples without considering all factors of that examples. And you can't compare a cyclist who's cardiovascularly incredibly fit to an 18 stone mass monster whose mm. cardio is you know, up a flight of stairs. Yeah. You know, and a lot of bodybuilders do cardio, but they do very solid state cardio, they do very gentle cardio, and it's not improving their heart conditioning. If you want to improve your heart conditioning, You've got to go at it. You've got to make it work. You know, you, the, the work that cyclists do is is very high cardiovascular work, whereas the work that most bodybuilders do, like you say, is 20 minutes on a treadmill, 30 minutes on a treadmill at a nice, solid, steady pace. They don't really push themselves hard to improve their heart conditioning. Okay. Corey Wright asks a question here. He says, um, can you guys, can you do your own phlebotomy? Mm-hmm. I would be careful. Um, the thing is, you have 
effectively in your blood system you have your outgoing blood system which is your fully clean oxygenated blood and you have your return system which is your dirty shitty blood coming back when you phlebotomize you use the dirty return lines okay turns out we're not going to monetize this look at luckily the dirty return lines are the ones that are closest to the surface okay the outgoing fresh lines are generally buried deeper but so a common one is obviously the main vein here that we see on the bicep Mm. but underneath that is an outgoing fresh line you don't want to get into an artery because you're going to struggle to stop that bleeding you it's all right going into a vein so that's the difference um it is it is possible to do it yourself but i would if you're going to attempt that that you get professional equipment at least oh, yeah yeah but to be honest if you've got a friend who's a nurse yeah or anyone of that nature hit them up give them a drink and they'll probably do it for you if you can provide them with the correct equipment to retry. I mean, I'm actually doing my phlebotomy course in September. Oh, you are? Okay, because your wife is certified, right? Yes, she is, and she wants me to be certified as well. Okay, well, I like that idea. But she basically wants me to be her assistant. So if I'm certified, I'm covered by insurance. If I'm not certified, I'm not covered by insurance. I see. And and so I think kind of end of the day here, what I would like to promote, and I think you would too, is um, recognizing that this isn't necessarily going to be a black and white thing. We aren't saying that everybody should phlebotomize and we're not not saying that nobody should either. You know, I'm not promoting phlebotomy. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm promoting the fact that because you see trends have changed, our drug management protocols change with them. And we're now being presented with different health complications and different health risks than what we used to get presented with 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, we weren't overly concerned with thickening blood because people were spending time off cycle. Now people aren't. So now thickening of blood is becoming more of an issue. I'm not sat here saying everybody should optimize. What I'm here saying, you should be conscious of the fact that your blood could be thickening and it's another thing you need to just keep an eye on right i just wanted to reiterate that to make sure yeah. you know everybody was clear where where we both stood because i knew where you were coming from if if it is problematic then you need to look at something to deal with it that doesn't mean you have to phlebotomize it might mean that you come off or you go down to a proper trt dose and mimic natural levels for a period of time where your levels settle back down yeah. you don't have to everyone doesn't have to start running out and giving blood you just need to manage it in the same way you manage estrogen, in the same way you manage prolactin or anything else that goes out of whack because of your usage. I'm not for one minute suggesting everyone starts running around with needles in their arms and drawing the blood out. Don't be fucking stupid. And if you ever can, always use a professional, of course. If uh, so, uh, th- That said, before we move on, I know that you guys do offer this. Uh, if somebody was interested, how do they get a hold of you about? Obviously, I can't do that with you unless I were to fly out. But for anybody local. Well, just contact us through the website, eval. But I wasn't actually bringing this up because of that. I was bringing this up just because I'm seeing it more and more mm-hmm. and more. In the last week, I've had five sets of bloods come through. Um, bear in mind, we're only on Tuesday. Yeah. So since Sunday, I've had five sets of blood come through. Not one of them, the hemoglobin was under 190. What, where it should it be? 
170. That's the upper limit. I'll find out where mine is today. Uh, literally after we're done here, I'm heading in to have my blood drawn and find out. One was 211. I probably don't want to send you my labs. I'm feeling, that was high. I'm ready. I, I, I know myself now and I know after I, I've donated once and I know that I can run high. I know that I felt way better after I donated. Mm. And I can tell you, man, I'm feeling the same things again that I know that it's going to improve my quality of life dramatically. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it does. You do feel fresher. You do sleep better. You feel more switched on. You feel lighter in a weird sense. You don't feel sluggish. You don't yeah. feel as ever. I feel more focused. Uh, I, I yeah, have a harder definitely. time focusing otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, no, this isn't this isn't a, a segment about, oh, come to Dave and get your blood let done. No, this is a segment about, look, guys, I'm just seeing more and more of this. It's becoming more and more common. It's just another area that we need to start being conscious of. Well, considering 90% uh, of our audience are not in the UK, uh, yeah, it, I, but it would be, it would be, here's my thing. I, it's my due diligence as the host here, since we are talking about it, to say, hey, Dave, you do this. So that's on me. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't want this to be a self-marketing. Look, we're only talking about subjects because oh, Dave wants to make a dollar out of it because it isn't about that. I don't. I didn't start the service for financial. I started the service because I saw a need. Yeah. Um, I mean, we charge forty pounds. What do you pay for a bloodletting state? I don't know. Remember my my my. Uh, insurance is it? Yeah, mine is insurance. We're gonna we're well, gonna move on though because we're running long. I'm gonna balance okay. this back out uh, <laughs> with a comment. So we I said we weren't gonna do questions. I did have one uh, question from the Instagram page uh, that I wanted to add. This is from an Instagram uh, account. He calls himself Strom Sports Nutrition, and his question is, "Why is Dave mean to me?" Because he's a wanker. There you go. Simple reason. He's Welsh as well, but he won't admit it. Has he actually posted that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. We do have our, our final segment here, which I know everybody's been waiting for. I don't know what to call this, so I think I'm just going with learning to speak English with Dave. <laughs> I'm trying to find the messages I got sent this morning. Um, well, unlike Dave, I am some... prepared. Oh, don't stop. Uh, You're not professional at all. Ian had a few selections for us. He said, here's a few well, for then. Dave's next, next British slang section. Um, number one, gobshite. Yeah. Use gobshite in a sentence. You fucking gobshite. Oh, you use, it's basically someone who's a, a gobby, useless mouthpiece. Okay, we did this one in the past, uh, though our video listeners won't remember it. Number two, bellend. Nobed, dickhead. That's probably as close as you're going to get to. Uh, dickhead would be the closest you'd get to an American version of that. Okay. Number three, been had off. Say again. Been had off. Ah, oh, been had off. Been ripped off. Oh, really? Or been conned. Or oh. been fooled. Yeah. Okay, been had off. Did you Did you think it was someone that had masturbated you or something like that? I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know if it was like 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 get. I wouldn't know if it. I didn't know if it was like a get out of here type of thing. Like 
like off with yourself type thing, you know, like on your bike kind of, I didn't know. I didn't know. Been head off. Yeah. It, it, to me, I mean, it's not one I would particularly use or one I would say I'm particularly familiar with, but uh, if someone had you off or had you over, they would have conned you. They would have tricked you. They would have ripped you, ripped you off. Okay. And I don't know about this one, just the word sound. Sound. Yeah. Solid. Good. Oh, okay. Sound like a sound it's, idea. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. Do you ever say chap? No. Never. Do you know? Do you know people? Uh, only if they're playing a role in Mary Poppins. Mm. Sound idea, people. chap. I said I'd do Yorkshire slang, didn't I? Did you? Do you? Do you have? How about? Oh, we got one more from you. This is from uh, Philip Walker. Sling, yeah. sling your hook. Sling your hook, aye. Uh, as in, go away, piss off, get lost. Take yourself and remove yourself from my presence. Just sling your hook. Sling your hook. All right, I like that one. Move, move forward in sharp, sharp, jerky movements. <laughs> uh, um, we did have uh, some feedback on the last episode. Uh, leaving this negative channel... This is in re- reference to uh, uh, psychopathy uh, with uh, oh, anabolic well, yeah, steroids. We, we, we hate on steroids too much, don't we? Now, leaving this negative channel, uh, baby, you see what you're looking for. Hmm, okay. So we lost a... I, don't, I doubt he subscribed to begin with. I doubt he really listened to the show. But yeah, there's that. What did you have for us? What's, what's the your Yorkshire... Uh, right, so Yorkshire... Yorkshire, right? Y- Yorkshire. That's what I said. No, you you. I bet you say Worcestershire sauce as well, don't you? You sad inbreed. We don't use right. Worcestershire sauce here, but yeah. Okay, so Yorkshire dialect. Most regions in the UK will have a very strong local terminology. Uh, almost sounds like a foreign language. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a simple one. Daft Apeth. Daft Apeth. Daft Apeth. I know what daft means. means. Well, basically, it means someone who's uh, who's an idiot, someone who's a silly idiot, someone who's stupid, someone who's a fool. Scott Stevenson wants to know: Do you ever say "tally ho"? No, Scott, don't start and don't encourage him. He didn't really He's ask. Funny. He didn't really ask. He just said the word. I wanted to ask. <laughs> Flummox. Flummox. Yes. That reminds me of like the green slime that would come off a of slimer from the Ghostbusters. No, flummox is to confuse. You flummox somebody, you confuse them. Oh, okay. That's not like a. That's like a. That's like slang word though. Yeah, bomb pop. Barn pop. Bomb bomb pot. B a r m b o t. Bomb pot. Pool. I have no clue. Idiot. Fool. A bomb pot. Huh. Yeah, bomb pot. Huh, okay. Ginnel. Gimmel? Gimmel. Gimmel? Yeah, G-I-N-N-E-L. Like a little, it's a little woodland creature uh, that people have as pets, also known as a guinea pig. No, a ginnel is a narrow alleyway between two houses. Oh, a little, yeah. They've got stuck in the ginnel again. Mm. (laughs) Gorp. Gorp? Gorp, G-A-W-P. Gorp. That's like a swallowing sound that you make uh, after you take pills. 
to stare at something. Gop. Well, like, you yeah. gop something, you stare at it. Kind of like gawking. Yeah, so it's gawp. So, uh, gumption. Gumption? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of an old word. We don't really use that, but... Uh, yeah, how would you well, how would you define gumption? Gumption, I would say, would be common sense or get up and go. Get up and go. How about uh, we just had uh, Corey Wright chimed in and said jog on. Yeah, just on your bike, get on with yourself, piss off. All right. Generally, you'll say jog on if someone says something stupid that you're not interested in. Jog on. Jog on. On your bike. Yeah. Tally ho. It be right. Wait, say that again. Your your mic was real distorted. It be right. Berit. It be right. No idea. It'll be okay. It'll be all right. It be right. It be right. It be Chap. Lug all. Lug all? I've heard this, but I don't know what it is. Ear. Ear. Well, your lug is your ear. Your lug all is obviously the opening in your ear. Oh, I see. All right, good. Well, we got time for one more. Give me, give me a good one here. What do we, what do we got here? Mm, one more. Let me think. I'll, I'll do a phrase rather. Put foot in oil. I feel like you did this one before because it sounds familiar. Put. It sounds like you said put your foot in oil. Put foot in oil. Yeah, put foot in oil. No. All right, I'll do it. I'll break it down to the words. Put the wood in the hole. Put the wood in the hole? Mm. Is that like a sex thing? <laughs> no, for yeah. real. Because I, can, I can't think of anything else. Close the door. I, you did tell me this one a long time ago. Mm. How about uh, on me bones? What? B-O-N-E, B-O-N-S-E, bones, bonds. B-O-N-S-E, bonds, bonds. On me bonds. On your bonds, on me bonds, on your head. Wow. See, I would, you guys, I would be so confused if I was in the UK and you guys were talking this way. I would just be like, I only speak English. I'm sorry. I only speak American. I would love to get you with a bunch of old Yorkshire farmers <laughs> speaking broad Yorkshire because you'd just be there like, what the I'd just like, fuck? I'd be like this. <laughs> Same with Geordies, though. So if we've got any Geordies watching, they have some brilliant phrases. And Scousers as well, they have some brilliant phrases. All right. Well, guys. They're two very strong dialects as well. Anything that you have, give us a good one. Uh, throw it in here. For, put it on the uh, – the the, the, the the what do you call it the description the, the the excuse me the comments that's what I'm looking for for the next episode uh, we will cover them these are a lot of fun um, Dave Crossland I know you're getting ready to travel so hopefully we'll be able to do the next show uh, if you uh, need a little time off we understand but we of course uh, everybody is enjoying the show now so we, <laughs> we will look forward to having you back uh, here soon we'll do another episode of drugs and stuff. Uh, guys, next week, we'll do some listener questions for the following episodes. So if you have any questions you would like to ask, any topics you would like to throw in, uh, throw them down in the comments here. Uh, of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do, because that helps to boost all of our stuff in the algorithm, uh, like our stuff and all your comments, all that stuff. It helps us. Uh, Dave, uh, I, I, I wish you luck with your packing, my friend. 
I just got my bloods back from 50 milligrams a week. Every Two times a week, you mean? No, I'm down to 50 milligrams a week now. 25 you... twice a week. Oh, okay. I halved my previous dose. So where are you at? The trough, 23.9. What's th- I don't know what that means in English, though. Okay, so upper range is 29. Okay. I'm 23.9. So What's lower range? 8.64. Okay, so you're good. 900, 1,000, yeah. somewhere down there. That's great, man. Yeah, I'm 50 milligrams. Sick. Happy with that. Happy with that. Yeah. All right, guys, for another episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Cross and I'm Scott McNally, check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com, uh, getazoth.com, and uh, check out uh, supplement needs. You can find codes for all this stuff in our descriptions. Thanks a lot, Dave. My pleasure.